Today is the 2nd of November, 2020. It's a Monday. And the practice of effort, of having sincerity to train our minds, is something of great significance. So this effort in Pali is virya. And what that effort is directed towards is training our minds. And as the Buddha taught, those who attain to the Dhamma do, through, do so through effort. Those who are able to escape from stress, dukkha, um, are able to because of virya. In the many lives that the fully self-awakened Buddha took uh, before his final one, in order to cultivate his Bharamis, um, he was born into many different realms, different levels, sometimes as a human, sometimes a deva, other times a Brahma god. And there were occasions as well where he took birth in a realm uh, below the human level, as an animal, sometimes a bird, um, or a cow, or a squirrel. So in one life that he had the body of a squirrel, um, his child uh, drowned in the sea. Uh, the tide came in uh, very strongly, it came up very high, and uh, this child drowned in the water. And so the Bodhisattva went up to the sea, to the water, and dipped his tail in, and then ran up the shore and shook it out, and carried on doing this, in order to dry the ocean. So this was the great sincerity, the efforts, the, uh, the real uh, trying that he put in uh, to to save his child. So for us, if we use our efforts, if we try in this practice, we set our hearts on it, then we'll have to uh, see the Dhamma for sure. And just like in the other activities we engage in, whether it's study, whether it's the work we do in this life, in order to do that, we need effort. And it's the same with cultivating our heart bringing the mind into peace, to a state of pure emptiness, of truth. This requires our effort to do it. So even though there might, there might be a lot of difficulty, a lot of suffering, we still don't throw away our efforts. And uh, this factor of effort is one in the Eightfold Path that the Buddha laid down. Uh, Sama Wayamo. And what's that like? Well, when there's a sensation in the mind, well, how does that feel like? What is it? If it's something that's unskillful, uh, then we know what's happening. If the mind is proliferating in an unwholesome way, then we put in the effort to abandon that unskillful uh, thought. So this is unskillful qualities that have arisen already. And it's natural that they will come up in the mind, that 
the mind will proliferate uh, in accordance with its habits because we don't yet have that much control over our minds. And so sometimes they will go towards unskillful mind states. So we have mindfulness. And this mindfulness is a quality which has great benefit and great use. So if the mind thinks about something unskillful, then we put in the effort of abandoning that unskillful thought. In any unskillful um, actions of body or speech, then we abandon those as well. And this is the sila uh, factors of the noble path, um, that of right speech, right action, right livelihood. So the most difficult is the unskillful things that go on in the minds. And we need something there to suppress the kilesas, whether it's the meditation word of Buddha or chanting itipiso uh, frequently. We try to keep our minds with a wholesome object, always trying to bring that up. Um, and when we do that, the unskillful objects, they can't arise. For any unwholesome qualities that haven't yet arisen, we put in our efforts so that they don't come up. And we also use um, our energy to bring up these skillful states. So when we're practicing, we don't let our minds be absent of an aramana, of an object, but rather we bring it towards a skillful object. We try to keep our minds with wholesome thoughts, wholesome ways of thinking. And throughout the day, or throughout just one single hour, it's natural that the mind will think a lot. It'll proliferate, and that's just what they do. But we try to know what's going on and keep our mindfulness up to speed with those thoughts. When we do that, then we can gain a certain level of control over these minds. Um, and the unskillful qualities that come up will lessen due to the mindfulness that we have. So the sati is recollection, and we also have sampajanya, uh, the all-round thorough knowing of all, all qualities that have arisen. And we cultivate these both together, having sincerity and bringing up our efforts. So there's the effort to bring up skillful qualities in the heart. If any unskillful quality has arisen, we abandon that. And we try to prevent any unarisen, unskillful quality from arising. If there are skillful qualities that have come up, then we try to protect those and nurture them, whether it's our thoughts or through speech or our actions of body, we try to keep those uh, within the bounds of what's wholesome. So right speech, right action, right livelihood. And then we also have this right recollection, right mindfulness. And then this goes into right samadhi, or the firm establishment of the mind. All these can arise due to samaditi, right view. And when we have right view, then everything else will fall into place. It will be correct uh, following 
the correctness of our views. So perhaps we have studied these various aspects um, and we know uh, about right effort. We also try to uh, cultivate and nurture uh, skillful states. But in the beginning, we won't always be able to keep our mind in a wholesome state because these unskillful things will constantly interrupt. They'll always be interfering. There will uh, constantly be these negative or unskillful thoughts that come in, and that's just natural. But even though they have arisen, we don't follow them. Even though the mind thinks about these things, if we don't do it, uh, then as Numpucha taught, it's like putting a tiger into a cage. And we don't feed it, we don't give it any water either. And eventually that tiger becomes exhausted just by itself. So if we don't follow the feelings and the sensations, um, then the kilesas, even though they're there, they can't do anything to us. So in the beginning, we also have to try to cultivate this right mindfulness as well in order for wisdom to arise. When wisdom has arisen already, we try to nurture that and maintain it, try to care for all of the wholesome states which are there. And the chant of it so, or using the meditation words of Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, uh, they help to do that. And we try to do them a lot, try to cultivate them very frequently, using them to care for our hearts, um, always putting our minds on a skillful object. And this is what's really difficult, is the maintenance, the care of things. And just like with samadhi, it's difficult to give rise to samadhi, but nurturing it and sustaining it is even more difficult. And it's only through sustained samadhi that we're able to give rise to the wisdom that can permanently cut away at the defilements. So we try to do this, try to develop it, and not get bored uh, in our efforts but really try to uh, care for these things. Nupucha gave the simile of it being like a house that we've built or like a meditation hall. And he says that the building of it is not all that difficult, but it's the maintenance of it, the caring for it, that's the real hard work. And when I listened to him explain this, um, I was just a child at the time, and I thought, well, that's not right. Surely building it's more difficult. In order to get all the money, in order for the lay people to come together, to have the faith to offer all of the materials, and then the effort of constructing it, um, that must be more difficult. But really, um, maintaining these things is far more difficult because they last for such a long time. The length of the time that a house lasts for um, is very long, and we have to constantly look after it. So the care of our hearts is something that's tough, but it's something that 
we need to do, and we shouldn't be bored or get weary with it, but really put our effort in right at this point to train ourselves to see the danger in the mind that is full of suffering, that's afflicted by uh, clinging, this attachment. That suffering is able to arise in the heart is due to this attachment. So we need to train the mind so that it's imbued with wisdom. And we do this through effort, being as sincere as we can in our practice. So we bring up this effort, and we do it continuously, we don't get lax. This effort is virya, and as we carry on nurturing it, in the end it turns into a factor for awakening, something that leads us towards the Dhamma. So we have this effort, and then the piti also comes up, the factor of awakening, of joy. And all of the seven bojangas, these factors for awakening, they gather together. So that's what happens in the practice, but it's not something that we necessarily need to study about, even though it's been set out as these seven factors for awakening. Rather, we just um, put in our effort right here, maintain mindfulness until the mind gets peaceful and we're able to contemplate into the body, seeing it as being a collection of elements that follow nature, a collection of things that are inherently empty. When we see the body in this light, that it's really not attractive, that it's just these elements come together, that it's inherently empty, um, as we persist with this, we'll see it with clarity. So those people who can practice with sincerity, it shows that they have this firm faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And we use that faith to train, to practice, to do it a lot, to cultivate this path a lot, to try and maintain our mindfulness in the body, in the feelings, in mind, in Dhamma. And if we can persist in this way and carry on cultivating this mindfulness, then we will know and understand the Dhamma for sure. But in the beginning, we need to maintain our faith. This is something firm for us, and this gives us incentive to practice, to carry on going until wisdom can arise in our hearts, until we can reach this point of emptiness, empty of attachments, When the mind turns empty in this way, then we'll see things with great, great clarity. We'll see the, the path that leads out of the forest. The right ahead, there's bright light shining in, and we'll know that this is the right way to go. We'll have confidence in this path of practice, um, imbuing our hearts. Samadhi will be firm, and there'll be joy arising. Wisdom will come up, um, and we'll gain knowledge more and more knowledge. Sila, Samadhi and Panya come together and work in harmony and when they come into one point they're able to cut away at the defilements, cut away at the attachment that we have. And the important form of attachment is Sakaya Ditti, the self-view, a view that is deeply 
ingrained, embedded in our heart, something that's very difficult to destroy, but we can do it. It's the first gate that we have to pass through, and it's the most difficult. After we get through that first one, it's not so tough. And if we can do it, there won't be an eighth lifetime. But if we don't do that, if we don't see the Dhamma, then uh, the time that we have left in Sangsara, the cycle of birth and death, is extremely long. And that's if we don't yet know, if we don't yet attain to the Dhamma. So we try our best in this life that we have right now and try to practice to cultivate our minds, to contemplate, seeing into the nature of inconstancy, using the wisdom to take care of our minds, seeing everything as being empty. So when we can see this, we'll understand that all of the elements um, are just composed of emptiness. And this shows that Vimuti has arisen for us. We see the, na the nature of conventions, and this gives rise to inner liberation. That there's no self, there's no other. These things just simply don't exist. So we have to practice um, continuously. And in the end, then, we will gain this knowledge. We will see the Dhamma. This will have to happen one day. So may you all practice with sincerity.